Boom. Boom. Um, all right, bro. Did you? I don't think you laid down an intro in this. Because we just I, did. I was gonna circle back and do it. Okay. All right. And are we doing the the F bomb thing or no? I think we got a full one, so let's that's wait fine. for we have yeah. an, like an empty. I have no problem. It's it's just a story. It has you know. I I definitely one thousand percent want to do it. But yeah. Let's save it for um when it's looking like not as much meat on the bone for an episode, which that will come up that time of year. But let's go. Um, let's clap it off, and then I'll go through the intro, and then we'll I'll intro i'll throw it to ripped and then let's do some of these inboxes oh okay sure yeah awesome ready yep one two three Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 171 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. And with me, as always, Podcast P. Most awesome. Ooh, ooh, that's right. Draining threes on your eyes. Boom, 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 boom. Take some of that podcast. How you doing, bro? Good, brother. You're looking fine. You're looking healthy. I like seeing your playoff shape. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Yeah. No um, modelos for this guy today. (laughs) That would explain my diction. Why you guys are hearing every word I'm saying. Clear as a bell. Uh, What's going on in your life, brother? You You join a pool? You join a country club? You going bougie on us, bro? No, I'm not going bougie on you. No, no, no. No country club yet. We're thinking, like I said. Summer package, little you know, little toe dip into the uh, high society. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, man, just doing like a lot of pool stuff. Girls had a dance recital on Friday, which was which was fantastic. Commission, hamming it up, man. Really (laughs) getting into it. I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, there was there was uh, a bunch of parents there, and she was she was definitely into it, enjoying that spotlight. Enjoying the spotlight. We definitely have like. One is definitely going to be like uh, not, you know, commission is not going to be encumbered by the spotlight commission 2.0, a little reserved in those things. I was going to say, which is kind of surprising, right? Yes. You know, when I visited and everything and you had talked about it, like when she got on those play sets or just going out like king of the hill, you know, like just yeah, yeah. out there and like kind of comfortable alone skin and just doing her thing. But yeah, it's kind of funny how it doesn't necessarily line up like a, like a one-to-one like just around the house, you can be kind of one way. And then maybe when you get in like a group of strangers, like you can be a little more shy. Yeah. It's real funny when we got, cause they just finished up uh, this week, the last week of school uh, 2.0 was like the note that we got from our, her teacher was like, yeah, she's really kind of like sees what everyone's doing and kind of like picks her spot, checks it out. She's not like, she's like, I have to pull a lot out of her to kind of like get her to go whereas like commission was just like hey how are you do you want to be my best friend like you know we're off and running and that's that's her mo all the time every time we go to the park she's always meeting commission is always meeting a new friend to like buddy up with and and we're going to be best friends for for this time whereas 2.0 the only time i've ever seen her and this this is interesting is is when she saw these big girls doing cartwheels and she loves to do cartwheels. She ran out to them and started doing cartwheels right then and there with them and like up and down the hill. So like athletically, like competitively, I think like that's way more 2.0's field as of right now. Cartwheels, the great equalizer. That's right. 
could you how many cartwheels could you do like right now if you just had a like like what would what would give out first would you fall over would you like get winded would you get like dizzy like could you just like i'm wondering if you could just cartwheel like down the block and i'm wondering if i could do because i was thinking about this today too like watching basketball i was thinking back to the days when we were playing basketball and like if i just had to play like if we went to play like our saturday game like I haven't like ran in so long just with a broken ankle and being a lazy piece of shit. I just like, I wonder like how much my lungs would be absolutely on fire. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I thought about, I was also thinking about maybe I could join like a men's league. Like that's 40 and over. Oh yeah. And I was thinking about that and I was like, Oh my God, like what if I'm just getting lapped by like some 50 year old who, cause I'm like, like you said, an out of shape piece of shit. Um, I, I think like, like, are we talking, we're talking quality ones. I quality, think I could, yeah, yeah. I think I could probably get like, I think three and a half is like my over under before like my wrist starting to hurt or yeah. my legs are tired or I'm worried. Like yeah. if I put my hands down, my elbows are not going to support me. I'm going to shatter a fucking forearm. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I want you to respect the wheel. I want crawl quality cartwheels here. Like, yes. like, always respect the wheel. <laughs> Got to respect the wheel um speaking of respect to the wheel not really this is no segue guys we're gonna jam pack <laughs> episode 171 for your eardrums we're doing riffs in the headlines talking nba playoffs gonna have tom on tom back on he's been a guest uh, two or three times he's our go-to nba correspondent huge clippers fan gonna talk mainly clippers but we'll take a look at the rest of the league uh hop into the inbox we're gonna go through a couple emails there let's jump to the neapolitan showdown which tom will stick around and judge for us we're talking at top appliances Make your list, guys. And then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. Um, all right, Rich, let's get Tom on. We can hear it. He's, he's come prepared with the spit up bib on his shoulder. I like it. Look at this. What? Look at this maniac. <laughs> the baby That's amazing. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, About to make the handoff. Hopefully it's a clean one in the backfield or at least off camera. Yeah. yeah. Well, ready for right. a feeding any second. Well, now. if, if, if there is a fumble that happens, just make sure you go to the statistician to charge it to M right. Not to you. Got it. That's what does it go on your, on your career stats. <laughs> Got to get the stats. Yeah. My hands are clean. My hands are clean. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, how's it going, bro? Good to have you back on. Thanks for making time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, it's going a lot better than I thought it was going to go just a couple of days ago. Yeah, so, buddy. Uh, I'm a much happier guest um, than you might have gotten otherwise. Yeah, we have Tom Fleming back on. He's been on, uh, I think, two or three times to talk NBA, and he jumped back on this one just after Clippers take care of uh, Game 7, which I, I – you know, if the Clippers went down, uh, Tom Fleming, big Clippers fan, we probably should have just – it would have been in our best interest just to cancel you as a guest for today's episode, honestly. <laughs> Like uh, I'd, I'd go with the opposite. I probably would have been a much more entertaining guest had uh, had lost? it gone wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's like an 85% chance that he would have called us afterwards and be like, hey, man, we need to clip some of those parts out of there. I don't know. I might get in trouble. <laughs> like, let me hear let me the transcription first before you guys go live with that. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So how, how are you feeling when the, uh, the clip 
Clippers were down uh, 2-0. I mean, were you, like, packing it in for the season? Like, was it over? Well, no. I mean, I like, rationally, I thought that there was still a, a decent chance. Like, I looked at the statistics, I watched the games, and I've seen enough of Dallas this year to say that I, I knew that what they were doing didn't seem sustainable, but – the flip side of that is it's a seven game series. And although that seems like a lot like NBA teams can go through incredible hot streaks for five, 10 games. Like we see it year in, year out. You um, see it with the Atlanta Hawks the right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that victory today was rather impressive over the Sixers, right. but through two games, the Mavs were literally hitting 53% of their three point shots. They were 36% three-point shooting team for the season so they were you know they were almost 20 percentage points higher than what they were doing during the regular season and they were getting it from absolutely everybody and as great as Luca is some of the shots that he made over the course of this series were absolutely insane any any knowledgeable basketball coach would tell you no that's not a good shot you know that's a good shot maybe for Steph Curry and apparently now maybe for Luka Doncic as well. Um, he was incredible. I'm still not a huge fan of the antics, but he's an incredible basketball player all the same. He did That's level up this year with his like attitude and like demonstrative behavior. I, I, it's it's interesting. Like his play was equally great, but this year he seems to be like very grumpy, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Well, there was a story in in. I mean, it was a small story, but there was a point in December where it seemed to be affecting the way the team was playing, yeah. like their attitude and their chemistry um, was a bit off and his attitude certainly wasn't helping it. And I believe Rick Carlisle even pointed that out to the media. So um, at least it seems like they figured something out between then and now they were a phenomenal team for the last two months of the season. Right. Um, and that gets ignored with all the talk about the Clippers trying to dodge the Lakers or whatever the case may be. i you know, as a side note, I personally believed Ty Lue when he said we were comfortable playing any team uh, that we would have been matched up against, whether it was Denver, Portland, Dallas, or the Lakers. Uh, for the last week and a half of the season, they were trying to get as healthy as possible. And as you can see, with Patrick Beverly not being a part of the rotation whatsoever after game two and Serge Ibaka um, retweaking that back after game one, you can see that health is still a concern for this team and it makes a little bit more sense what he was saying then now that we've seen the fact that they still aren't 100 percent and probably won't be for the rest of the playoffs all right come on tom but we were we were dodging the lakers that's what's happening we were dodging the lakers <laughs> that's that's what was going down yeah i don't think so i mean you saw the way that the lakers uh, you know played and i don't think it's that surprising given the injuries that both ad and lebron had they weren't going to be 100 percent and from a personal standpoint, I was thinking I'd rather see him in round one than let him get healthy and get into their groove over the course of one or two rounds and meet him in the conference finals when the stakes are much higher and in a place where they had been and the Clippers had failed to get to the year before. So just the ability to get to the conference finals is still a victory for the Clippers where the Lakers would have been pretty comfortable in that environment. And by that point, it would be full arenas. And I'm realistic enough to tell you that in LA even if it is a Clippers home game there's more than 50% Lakers fans in that arena right. 
they take advantage of the opportunity to get tickets at a lower price than you can get Laker tickets on a Laker court. Come on, Balmer. Spike those tickets prices. What's up? <laughs> no, uh, so let's go back a little bit just to dive in a little bit more detail. Do you think this, and then I want to just talk about the Clippers team as a macro and how you feel about sure. them this year and then also kind of them leveling up from last year. But this 0-2, so this 0-2 hole they found themselves in for this series, was this more of like kind of Luca playing out of his mind and Dallas just kind of like peaking in all the right areas and kind of playing above what they normally do? Or did you see some honest like Clippers problems that raise concerns for you, you know, in this series and series moving forward? I think their defensive game planning in the first couple of games of the series was a little off. Um, I think it was pretty obvious that they didn't seem to be quite as in sync as uh, the Mavs did. And whether that's entirely game planning or part of it, just, you know, trying to gel with a unit that, hadn't seen that much time uh, together. I mean, with a week left in the season, Rajon Rondo had only been on the floor with Kawhi and uh, Paul George for 12 minutes since the trade had you know, been consummated. So it, it, like the, the Clippers are genuinely using the playoffs as an opportunity to develop. And hopefully they don't get, you know, they don't get eliminated before they can get to a point where they're comfortable um, playing against the best teams in the NBA. So, uh, but so, that being said, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, no, that, that just raises a question is, is that, you know, thinking about like Ty Lue's, because basically what you're saying is, is he's tweaking like rotations at a, at a peak time where most teams have their rotations by and large figured out, you know, injuries aside. 100%. And so now he, 100%. And we've seen that now with switching, you know, Reggie Jackson in for Pat Beverly. He talked about wanting to get more, some, you know, more offensive scoring and, and Reggie Jackson has done that, right. He's done de- definitely been a scorer off the bench. And then we see finally Luke Kennard, a guy that you guys traded for from the Pistons. He had like three threes in the second half or maybe even four threes in the second half of this game seven. So is he still trying to find that like sixth or seventh guy off the bench or is he just, are we going to see this kind of like, Hey, next man up. We're just kind of, we're going to feel it out here rotationally. We know Paul George and Kawhi are going to be our guns, but we're looking for some off the bench scoring and and some, some defensive help with Terrence Mann and things like that. I mean, how do you see that going? Uh, Honestly, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Yes. They're still trying to find what works. Um, but more than anything, I think Tyloo is a coach that isn't afraid to make those changes, even with a team that's been together for a long time. He sort of proved that with the Cavaliers the year that they won their championship. He right. wasn't afraid to call out the superstars. He wasn't a chain, afraid to make changes, even in the playoffs. And the Clippers have the benefit, uh, even though they're still dealing with uh, a few injuries, they're a very deep team. They field nine guys that shot 40% from three for the season. Um, they've got a lot of veterans on that team. It was mentioned a number of times during this series that, um, <laughs> like there were at least three individual Clippers that had more playoff experience than the entire Mavs team did as a whole. Um, and I, I think that goes a long way. So there are going to be nights when like tonight, Rajon Rondo barely saw the floor, right. So a little bit of floor time during the first half little bit um, at the end of the third, uh, early fourth, but was really a non-factor when in game three, he was huge for them. Um, the flip side of that is both Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard clearly were given a vote of confidence by Ty Lue over the last couple of games, saw some floor time and did some good things with it. Um, realistically, I think that can only benefit them going forward 
it's a little tougher to game plan when you don't know, you know, what the combination is going to be on the other end. And from a confidence level for the guys that didn't have a lot of playoff experience, like Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard, um, I think it goes a long way for the next series to know that they've seen looks now in the playoffs and they can make them. Um, they can do things defensively. They can get crucial rebounds, steals, blocks, whatever the case may be, and help this team win in a different, in something of a different environment from the regular season. Yeah, we kind of see all these teams get together. Uh, so I want to go to talk about the team as a macro. Let's just keep it like super uh-huh. We know Kawhi Leonard can win a championship. We watched him do it. Is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George enough to win a championship? No, I think that this team needs a little bit more. Um, if you look at the star combinations that are in the NBA right now, it would be really tough to say that Kawhi and Paul George would measure up well against, say, the trio in the Nets without a lot of help from that secondary cast. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I think that the Clippers are the deepest team left in the playoffs. I think that, you know, Marcus Morris is, aside from the Nets, he's as good as any third option um, left in the playoffs at this point. And the further you stretch down that lineup, I just become more confident that this team has what it takes to, to at least remain competitive and give themselves a chance to continue advancing in the playoffs i mean but you kind of feel like just you know what they gave up with uh to get Kawhi and everything i mean is Kawhi hanging around are they going to keep trying to build on this or is this clippers i hope so i was a little bit nervous after they were down 0-2 what the repercussions would be from an early exit um after getting through round one and knowing the other things the clipper franchise has done to keep him happy i'm pretty confident it would take something shocking for him to sign somewhere else. And that's been reported by the guys that you actually trust, like Woj, is um, it would have taken a massive collapse in the playoffs to even force Kawhi to think about other options at this point. Like, it's close to home. Uh, The franchise itself has physically and financially supported causes that he likes. you know, and I, I think that goes a long way with him. I think, you know, although he doesn't talk a lot about it, um, he's his family is very important to him. The community he grew up in is very important to him. Um, and I think that the Clippers have done the, the type of things that would make him happy enough to to make this the last place on, you know, uh, you know, on his list for the for the remainder of his career. So he's I mean, got, I mean, he, go ahead. I, I was going to say, he's, he's, <laughs> go ahead, bro. Oh, man, because uh, he's got a. Kawhi Leonard's got a $36 million player option for next season. Do you expect him yes. to pick it up? Or are you hoping for him to no, no, you don't think he's going to pick it up. No, He'll opt out. He'll opt out. And then yeah. and... cause he, the reason he did the, the two plus one deal right. in the first place was to get 10 years of service. Um, and that, that sets his max at a, at a higher level. So then you expect so, in the off season for him to sign a max deal with the Clippers then? Yes. Yeah. I, it's anything can happen, but, what we've seen so far leads us to believe that, that, um, that he would resign with the Clippers. Yes. But, I mean, luckily but he's, that... he's such an open book too. Like we'll know. As soon as he's done. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll know immediately what's going through that head of his. I had to rewatch that video of him being like, I'm a fun guy. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I always like named that video. It's just like, 
Kawhi Leonard trying to imitate a human being. <laughs> it's just, uh, go ahead with your question, Paul. Would you have one? No, no, no. I was just gonna say because um, right because right now you know they're the Paul George is probably the longest contract I think the Clippers have. So if yeah. if they had gotten bounced in the first round, I mean that would have slightly put it in jeopardy. I don't know. Have they set the cap? The cap is is gonna is already set for this year. I don't remember, but that would have that would have. I think it is. Don't don't ask me to quote it though. I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head. But but there would have been some teams with cap space, and he probably would have been the biggest prize in free agency if they don't lock him down. So uh, I, I think like Lonzo yeah. Ball is like you know maybe John Collins next two biggest yeah. free agents coming out. So he would have been yes. all suitors coming. So. So let me know after yeah. like a year of kind of watching the Clippers. What's your take on Paul George? I mean, do you, do you if you could switch it around to like like another number two? I mean, are you kind of happy with him like the role he plays? Like, do you find him like kind of disappearing? Because here's my weird thing, and you take it and run with it. Like Kawhi Leonard to have the combination of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I mean, they're both talented basketball players, but to me, like it's two guys that are your one and two that both have like a little tendency that they can kind of disappear, and you just don't have any of that like alpha dog energy on the team. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, somewhat so. And I think that's why guys like Marcus Morris, Serge Ibaka, Patrick Beverly are important, even when they're not performing on the court. They're really valuable vocal um, players in the locker room. They're leaders. And they're everything that I've heard of coming out of the Clipper locker room this year um, is that both Kawhi and Paul George made an effort to be better about being those alphas this year that they actually took that criticism well um and tried to improve upon it because it was coming from inside the the uh the franchise as well um people had noticed that they weren't what was necessary for a true alpha dog in the nba and it was time for them to step up so they've they've done a better job of that Uh, but to circle back to your question on paul george my answer would be I'm happier with him now than I was in late September when they got bounced. Uh, I'm happier with him now than I was in November when he went on that. It might've been early December when he went on the uh, up and smoke podcast and trashed uh, doc rivers. I thought it was a pretty bad look to come out with that criticism after the way they exited. Mm. Um, but the reality is I, now that I've been able to sort of, watch this team this year i think his criticism was warranted it still wasn't the right place to vocalize it but he wasn't wrong either yeah give, give um, us a little bit more of that what did can you just kind of like paraphrase what he said on that uh, on that podcast he basically criticized doc rivers for not being the type of coach that um emphasized adapting in the playoffs they don't practice much they've never practiced much under doc rivers he values health and unfortunately he's been saddled with teams in los angeles that have long been injury prone um his stars every year that he's been in in la have been guys that routinely only play around 60 games a year Mm. and then inevitably have something pop up in the playoffs something like four out of the five lob city years um at least one if not both of chris paul and paul and chris paul and uh, blake griffin ended the series whatever series they finished in um on the bench injured completely so it's i can see why he did it but it's been a huge criticism of him as a coach and it was an enormous criticism of him in that denver series last year denver made adjustments the clippers just 
rolled out the same game plan night in, night out. And it was a major reason why they were, they were able to, or they being Denver, they were able to come back from a three, one deficit. Like um, other Clippers that have stuck with the team this year have mentioned the same thing that they didn't even practice in the bubble in between games in uh, in the playoffs. So there was, there wasn't even an opportunity to make changes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so that kind of, puts us where we are now again congrats on the game seven win what do you guys got to do as the clippers to take care of the jazz cool. uh they got to protect the ball somehow donovan mitchell is less of a concern to me than guys like joe ingles um and rudy gobert uh if we let those two go off um I, I, I think it's going to be really tough to beat this team. The ancillary pieces for Utah can really make a difference. Uh, Mike Conley Jr. has been playing fantastic uh, over the last two months, the best basketball that he's played in Utah. It makes me a little bit nervous because we tend to have issues as a team defending um, like ball-dominant guards um, offensively. So the combination of him and Donovan Mitchell – scare me a bit more but uh, I think realistically they've got to uh, remain really disciplined offensively do what they did over the last four or five games of this uh, Dallas series and try and get to the rim as much as they possibly can Uh, the Clippers have had a really bad habit this year of settling for three-pointers late in close games Um, and although they're the second best uh, percentage-wise shooting three-point team in the history of the NBA, you can't just park yourself beyond that three-point line late in a playoff game and expect to somehow come out ahead night in, night out. So they've got to be able to continue to adapt offensively. Defensively, yeah, there's a solid core there. Uh, And they did a lot better of keeping it simple, and uh, you know, doing the things they needed to do to finish off the Mavs, I, I don't think that Utah is as dangerous offensively as Dallas is, and I think mm-hmm. Luke is probably the best offensive player that um, they're going to see for the remainder of the playoffs if they do continue. Um, I also think that Luca was the was the toughest matchup for them uh, that they were going to see throughout the playoffs, and for the same reason, I was very nervous. Um, about the prospect of playing Portland. I think Dame is the same type of guy in the sense that he can absolutely take over an entire series. And given where our strengths and weaknesses are um, on the defensive end, I was, I was most nervous about seeing either one of those guys. Luckily, we came out in a seven-game series, but I spent the better part of the last two weeks holding my breath. So. Yeah, I mean, Utah is a really tough team and and it'll be interesting it'll be a total contrast because they are much more of a team than say like portland trailblazers like you you can get burnt by jordan clarkson six man of the year this year jordan uh joe joe ingles excuse me was six man uh, six man of the year last year so this team shoots a lot of threes and they defend the three very very well as to uh, well too when you have rudy gobert you can be aggressive closing out because you have the you know, defensive player of the year uh, in Rudy Gobert defending the rim. This is going to be a much different series. The Clippers are going to have to match up against with the jazz because like you were saying, like the, the Luca by far is the best offensive player that they'll see, but 
the jazz will cut you up many different ways. And it doesn't always have to be relying yeah. on, on, on Mitchell to kind of carry the load. And you mentioned Connolly too. He did tweak his hamstring. So we'll kind of keep our eyes on that. He's, I think he's scheduled to play. Um, but I think he's, they're kind of, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that kind of shakes out, but this is uh this will be an interesting yeah. series for the Clippers. Uh, I think whoever personally wins this series is going to win the West. Yeah. Clippers, Clippers yeah. in five, baby. Just because I like to really make our guests feel good. I know. I can't, Dude, I can't, you're going to make me sweat. I know. I kept talking and I could see Tom's face just like wilting. He's like, <laughs> I know. I know. I was just like, yeah, I'm done with it. I was like, yeah, we're just going to give it our best shot. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's fly through. Yeah. Um, let's talk, Tom. I know uh, we got you for just a little bit and don't want to gobble up too much of your family time. We're just going to go through, um, take a quick look at these other playoff games, and then you stick around for just like 10 more minutes and judge the Neapolitan showdown for us, bro. Awesome. Can you do that? Great. Uh, okay, let's do yes. the other games real fast. Uh, I'm just going to kind of hit a highlight on each one, and you guys just kind of give me your knee-jerk reactions. Uh, the Nets still the favorite to win the championship with this Harden injury. Yes or no? I say no. Oh, you don't? Yeah, I was going to say I think it's they're they're one of the better teams, but I I wouldn't put them like as a lock to beat this Bucks team right now. You know, yeah. uh, the Bucks are are scary, so I would say I'd still give a slight slight edge, but. Um, this if hardens out for a long period of time, it's it's gonna be over. Yeah, you agree with that, no, I think it, ham, yeah, hamstring injuries are quite possibly the most devastating injury in the NBA in the playoffs because it takes forever to right. uh, recover from them. Yeah, and inevitably they try and come back too early, and you tweak it again. I like this is what Harden did. This is the third time that he's tweaked the injury in the last six weeks or so, um, and they the Nets tried to do the right thing by holding him out for the essentially the remainder of the the regular season once he tweaked it the uh the second time and it's still rearing its ugly head so i i think that it's something that the nets have to be incredibly nervous about at this point not to mention if you look um at the record of that team when at least two of the big three are playing uh the outliers when harden is out they're a pretty beatable team they were only uh, a couple of games above 500 uh, when he was sitting to injury and Kyrie and KD were the only, were the lone two out there. So I, I would be very nervous if I was the Knicks franchise right now. I'm sorry, Nets franchise. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, keep, your, keep your eye on Joe Harris. I like Joe Harris too. Let's see if he can get any scoring done for them. But yeah, very, very, very well said. Um, yep, unfortunately, just for Kyrie Irving, just much as the world is round, hamstring injuries exist. Yeah, when you're carrying 15 extra pounds from the offseason, it's, it's going to bury your hammies. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. James Harden, it actually begs the question, did he, did he take a dive to get out of uh, Houston? And if so, is this like karma yes. rearing its ugly head? Yes, 100%. I mean, yeah. Yeah. When when the when the Heat all loaded up that first year and all went there and they talked about I mean it was karma that they lost to the Mavs that year I mean it was yeah. you know it was it was it was uh, you you can't it takes a minute for teams to gel like when all all of these guys converge into one they need to figure it out and I don't think we've seen just like everyone can talk about Durant joining the golden state warriors, but they already had a well-established like well-oiled team yes. and he fits so yeah. well that he slugged right in there. But I definitely am a big yeah. believer. And like, you can't just create super teams and then 
be like, all right, it's on. We're, we're just going to win this championship. And, and I think we're seeing it right here. Uh, all right. I completely agree. So Hawks take care of the Knicks uh, in five, then go on and win game one in Philadelphia. How for real all these are these Hawks? Paul. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we, you know, Tom talked about it early when teams get hot. I mean, we're seeing this pro- probably peaks, you know, uh, Hawks team because they're very comparable to like, when you look at all the advanced metrics to like a Mavericks team, right? They were just playing on top of their heads. I mean, unbelievable. Trey Young definitely thriving in the fucking villain, you know, Reggie Miller role in the garden and was great on it. And they had a lot of, lot of help. Uh, Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich, the the shooting guard, uh, who I loved, who our friends Joao de Vivac loved over in uh, the Kings, he uh, he was fantastic uh, and hit that dagger three tonight. But they blitzed they blitzed the 76ers and the 76ers. Um, I think they had like a 17-0 run or something like that. I mean, they were down big in the first quarter, yeah. and then you know came piling back. I, I I'd be interested to see how aggressive they come out. Again, talking about Doc Rivers, how aggressive or how much game plan they change uh, in game two. I honestly, I completely agree with what uh, Paul said. I would, I would extend the same injury concern to uh, Joel Embiid at this point. Yeah. You have to wonder whether he's going to be able to, I don't know, be as effective as he needs to be to carry this team um, the way that he has through the season. He's been phenomenal, um, and he's the most dominant player in the East uh, over the course of the entire season. And he has the potential to win a series on his own, but if he's got a bum knee, it marginalizes him. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's not just to get down low and, you know, put you on his back and, and, you know, take you to the hoop kind of guy where I feel like maybe the only issue at that point with his knee is, you know, the soreness day to day and the pain management um, the fact that he takes it out to the three-point line, he moves laterally. Like these are issues that are going to uh, continue to, to, I don't know, rear its ugly head again over the course of the remainder of the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised to see um, an announcement of surgery shortly after they end their run, whether it's with a championship or not. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how he's doing this. Like, because he's out there. And he, I mean, he looked fine today. He's like playing. I mean, yeah. he's just going to muscle up and power through and then just get the surgery at the end of the season. Or it's like, I don't know if you guys know, like I don't haven't followed a ton of these injuries like this, or is this like a ticking time bomb? Like, is it like, I mean, knock on wood, it doesn't happen just for his health also, but is him playing on it, like kind of wearing it down, making it more dangerous and a higher percentage of just like a more serious injury happening. Um. Uh, the MCL is a little bit less critical than the ACL is an ACL injury in the NBA yeah. means you're done for nine to 12 months. Uh, the MCL can be managed, but again, you're, I would say the biggest concern is favoring it and coming up with a different injury that becomes more of an issue for um, your performance over the rest of the, the rest of the season. I am jumping to our last matchup um, nuggets and Suns. Uh, Suns handle the Lakers look good. Nuggets were able to knock off Dame time in Portland. Uh, who do you guys like in this series and why? Go ahead, Tom. This one to me is a toss up. Um, again, you're worried about health. I mean, this has been a big injury year. So in this series, a big question mark is going to be Chris Paul. 
Um, is he effective? Um, is his leadership enough to sort of continue pushing this young Suns team through to another round? Um, Denver obviously isn't at full strength missing Jamal Murray, but uh, yeah, this one's a tough one to me. I think this one goes um, six minimum. Seven is a real possibility. Uh, it's a coin flip at the end of the day. I, I think I think I still go with the Nuggets only because best player on the floor, Nikola Jokic. And as ugly as it is at some times, he consistently puts the ball in the hoop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the Nuggets too. Um, I think I think the Chris Paul thing is like it's it, we're just going to get another playoff series where he's going to go down. We almost thought we had it in the Lakers series, right? With that shoulder injury. Um, uh, and, and if they lose Chris Paul, as well as campaign has played for the Suns, they're a completely different team. You know I mean? I don't think that they made this gigantic jump to the second seed in the West this year uh, because book and all those guys took a giant leap or, or Monty Williams became that much better of a coach. It's, it's Chris Paul. It's all due to Chris Paul. He's a phenomenal point guard, but if he goes down, um, I don't think that they have enough to build around it to kind of make a, a run. Um, I like Jokic. Michael Porter Jr. has been playing well. Monty Morris off the bench for them has been great. Monty Morris is like the perfect guy off the bench. You've talked about it with like the Clippers, you know, having guys that step up and contribute kind of next man up. Monty Morris is a, is a pretty good uh, uh, guard. It's playing pretty well. Uh, averaging, I think, like 15 points in the playoffs when he was like around nine during the regular season. So um, I like them. I'll give them a slight edge, but I think you're right. I think it's it's at least six games, if not seven. Um, but I think uh, I think um, it'll be interesting. I, I'm I'm definitely rooting for the Suns. I I like I'd like to see Devin Booker and those guys make a deeper run, just kind of the new guard. But um, I think my my that's my heart. My basketball brain says the Nuggets should pull this out. Okay, perfect. Well, we'll wrap it up real fast and jump into the Neapolitan Showdown. Last thing I want to hear from you guys, a chance to kind of pivot now that we're out of the first round. Who's your championship matchup and who do you like win it all? Go ahead, Tom. Well, I'm going to stick with my bias and I'm going to go, I'm going to go Clippers Bucks and I, I see the Clippers taking it. Nice. There you go. I like it. Um, I mean, I, it's, I don't want to be cold blooded while you're holding your son talking to us. Yeah. So I'll say Clippers as well, too, as much as I think it'll be the Jazz. Um, and, and I'll go, I will go, uh, I'll go Nets, slightly Nets. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I have Just to be different. Uh, I have Clippers, Nets, and I will tell you later most of well, like one at all. I'll um, let's hop into some inboxes right here. SNL. The last athlete to host SNL was JJ Watt back in January 2020. Which athlete do you think could host next? And do athletes make good hosts? Hmm. Interesting. Charles I, Charles Barkley was a good host. Yeah, I enjoyed Peyton Manning a lot. Also. Yes, Peyton Manning probably the best athlete, right? Surprisingly, yeah. you know. Here's here's the thing. Like, uh, I don't. What makes them successful? I I guess it doesn't work when. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an athlete that just kind of didn't work and maybe didn't have one and maybe not call them out. But as long as you're not like trying too hard, like usually they write stuff. And if you're able to kind of laugh at yourself, I think that's where you find success. I think if you show up like trying to like act your ass off or like literally be a comedian, like it's not going to work. But if you can kind of, right. you know, 
be an athlete and kind of give that fish out of water vibe that people kind of laugh at. Like, you know, it's like, like in high school or whatever, like when, or in like a frat when, you know, the football players had to do like a skit or whatever. Like, it's kind of like that vibe of just kind of like, this really isn't my scene, but that's kind of what adds to the comedy of it. Yeah. 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 And I think like a lot of times they're going to put you in a, like an easy spot. So just like hit your marks there. You're not going to do a lot of heavy lifting. And like, I, I think a lot of Saturday Night Live skits are now doing like the pre-record stuff, right? We've seen yep. a lot of this, right? So now you've got multiple opportunities to, you know, to, to let yourself. Uh, the next one up most likely realistically would be Pat Mahomes. Like, I think he, here's a guy who's like, we've seen him a couple times, like not take himself too seriously in commercials. Like, you know, I'm, he's not ball busting hilariously funny, but he's got enough like natural charisma and, and, you know, doesn't seem to like take himself too seriously, like online or in Twitter and stuff like that. So I would, I would, I would imagine that that would be next man up for him. I'd like to talk. Let's, let's dive. Um, so I can't believe Tom Brady hasn't hosted. He kind of seems in that likes the spotlight enough, likes to be like and everything. And I mean, Tom, Brady's sense of humor, especially like the last two years, like his tweets are funny. He's kind of like cracking me up. Just yeah, like yeah. the fact that like he'll kind of give it a little bit and like take it. And, you know, with, you know, TB12 and all that, you imagine like maybe he'd be humorless, but he's actually not. Pat Mahomes. Okay. Let's just, this is a little bit of a side thing. Oh, okay. One, I'll, we'll talk about Pat Mahomes, get my thoughts together real fast. Um, I think another angle you could go to host SNL is maybe the public perception of you isn't kind of on brand with kind of who you really are. And if you want to straighten that out, you know, who would be a good candidate for that. Chris Ooh. Paul. Yes. I think Chris Paul, like jump on there. Cause I think, you know, started out, everybody's like super impressed with his talent. And then I think there was kind of like a bad rep that he's kind of, especially with like the Houston thing that he could kind of be a dick. So maybe, you know, like just to get out there and be like, Hey, like show that you're not taking yourself too seriously. My kind of, if you gave a shit about that, I mean, I respect some people that are just like, public's going to think what the public's going to think and they can just fuck off. Like, I can get behind that too. Kevin Durant actually might have the oh, biggest win of that too, oh, now that you make yeah. that. You just totally caught me. Absolutely. Yeah. Kevin Durant should be like Lauren Michaels on speed dial. Like, you've got to get me on that show. <laughs> right. Real. Make me more likable, please. We know who's not going to be on there. Who's that? Your favorite, Aaron Rodgers. No, he won't. He won't be, but I wonder if he had any, if he'd want to do it. But you're exactly right. The reason he can't do that because he's the prime example of taking himself too seriously. Right. He like, would never let himself be poked fun at or be silly or put in a stupid wig or any of that shit. He would never do it. He'd never do it. He'd be like, I need to be in aviators at all time. Looking yeah. cool as shit. Give me a leather jacket. Yeah. Give me, give me a hot girl on my arm and then we'll like make out and then like all fucking slam some scotch and it will be like really fucking cool. <laughs> right. What a, exactly. what a turn the punch bowl. Okay, real fast. Since, since it came up and I want to talk about it and it's timely. I was not Pat Mahomes. I was not digging his quote about like, what? Like the only thing left is to go 20 and 0 or whatever. Oh, yes. I I, I sent that out. Uh, I thought that was an interesting tweet that he meant that basically like the one last goal is to go, you know, undefeated, right? That's That's his big checklist thing. Yeah. It's just like, I don't, like he saw the score of the Super Bowl last year, right? Right. <laughs> he, he wins some more chips. Like, I don't, it just seems, I don't know, it just kind of seemed like, a, a, I'm not going to call Pat Mahomes out for not getting it because I do think he gets it, but it just, I, I don't know, was, was an ill-advised quote 
if you ask me because yeah it does put a weird target on your back you're gonna have to live up to that now um you know i i wonder if you thought of it as like the ultimate team goal right like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's right. left and that's you know what i mean i mean uh, we can let him expound on it further than that um but yes as an individual it's kind of like hmm, putting an awful big bullseye after you just got smoked in the in the super bowl but you're excited for your offensive line i get it so let's see if that's they can do that i'd be like yeah there's one thing left for us to do and that's to get me a dynamite offensive line <laughs> right oh forward. check check we're good i got it now <laughs> Uh, all right, Tang. If an alien visitor came to Earth, what would be the meal we serve to it that proves we are a species worth being friends with? What would be the meal that the alien visitor hates and immediately triggers the war of the worlds? Oh, um, what meal do we feed it? Well, got to get the drink on, the alien drink on. Got to introduce them to some IPAs, maybe yes. a little scotch. It just kind of like loosen up. They're on a new planet. They just kind of got to kick back. Let's show them how we relax. And, you know, this is, I mean, I, you're naturally just probably going to go to your favorite meal, which is what I'm doing. Like I would want to serve like, you know, like a steak, like a seafood tower, kind of get all that thing going on. But uh, it's for the purpose also, because I want them to be into how cows taste. So they're not curious how humans taste. I mean, that would, <laughs> that would be my whole setup. <laughs> While he's eating it. Or yeah. while they are eating it, I'd be like, yeah, this is, we taste exactly opposite of this. <laughs> yeah, this is nowhere close. Nowhere close. This tastes like. <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned the steak because I was like, your rundown on your steak meals and the and the drink combination, I think like we should put that up in there. I'm sure there's some think tank that's out there, you know, that's defending our, 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 our world freedoms that we should say, hey, like, we got to figure it out. This is the rundown. You know what I mean? Give me two, you know, yeah. two martinis, right? Is that what you have? Martinis? Yeah, yeah. Martinis at the bar. That's martinis right. at the bar. Come back. You get your Caesar salad on, right? Salad, yep. So, yep. And then you do yeah, you do you a do seafood salad? Yeah, yeah. You do your, so you show up, you have an IPA while you're waiting for the other person to show up. And then okay. you have like, you have like one martini and then you get a second martini or you can switch to wine if you want to for the seafood tower. Then after the yes. seafood tower comes the Caesar salad, which you're splitting. And then you uh, split like a, a steak. Beautiful. Yes, exactly. And then any, and then a dessert of some sort. I, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this, we're giving the full, you know, we're giving the full exposure. Uh, I mean, on let's, this. let's go for broke too. Like if we take them out for a fucking burger and they hate it and then they just fucking like zap all our asses then like, man, we should have brought out our big guns. This is Absolutely. A once, once in a universal opportunity. So you gotta, I, you gotta go bigger go. and that's and the seafood tower is brilliant too because it's like look our our world is 80 percent what's floating around in there mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, you, you know don't colonize us you know uh, or maybe it's, it's a bad thing is like maybe they're like oh well we'll just make these people our chefs and they're just going to cook for us all the time <laughs> i mean it's better to be in life to be honest if the aliens don't like the meal i take them out to for the seafood tower and the caesar salad and the steak then maybe I don't want to be bros with these aliens anyway. Yeah, you fuck you, bro. That. If you can't get behind this meal, I mean, this is the best we got. Uh, the meal that would fuck everything up, I guess it would be like... George I, Foreman I, steak. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I kind of want to say like, like chicken or something just because uh, you'd have to stay away from anything that might make them sick. I mean, I don't know what their dietary restrictions are, but anything that would have any kind of likelihood of food poisoning like an under yeah or something yeah i i think like 
honestly sending them through mcdonald's right they're going to do like some sort of analysis on what's in there and they're like is this food or chemicals what is this oh yeah if we give them a hot dog it looks like we're trying to like poison and kill them like no we eat these all the time they're like no fucking way we look what's inside of there there's like rat feces there's no way you guys are actually chowing down on these yeah oh remember that made a big there was a big stink online that there somebody found in a in cinnamon toast crunch uh, like a handful of shrimp tails that were cinnamon toast crunchified. Did you hear oh, about this? Oh, yeah. What is this? Yeah. Did you, hear and this? did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Yeah. This is probably like three months ago. A lot of people were were saying that the guy like faked it. Yeah. That he that he, that he cooked it. Um, but yeah. So that would be something something like that. Like one of our bizarre foods, right? Or what if what if we did like one of those like man versus food insane like gluttony challenges? That they did like, hey, you gotta eat this fifty-seven patty hamburger with chili cheese fries in under an hour. Yeah, and yeah. They're like these people, people fucking don't respect life. I'm gonna yeah. just nuke them <laughs> yeah, all. Exactly. And I probably just, I'd probably keep them away from spicy food because I think again that could be taken the wrong way. Like it's just like this is painful. Like what are you trying to do to us, human? And to be like, yeah. no, we eat spicy shit for real. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think definitely like hot dog mcdonald's something super processed it's gonna it's gonna be like you don't you don't deserve this yeah um all right bro let's jump into that neapolitan showdown so let's leave it alone because we can't see eye to eye there ain't no good guy there ain't no bad guy there's only you and me and we just disagree All right, Neapolitan Showdown. Um, got Tom and his son. They're going to judge for us. We're talking top appliances. Ranking our best appliances. Going to take it three Ooh. to one. So you just kind of weigh in, Tom. We'll give you our number three picks. You let us know who you think wins each one and then who won it all. My number three out of the gate. Give me that Keurig, that coffee maker. Coffee used to be kind of um, like a lift. A little, you got to do all this. Like you need that, especially if you're a single guy like myself, like you make an entire pot, you ain't drinking all that coffee. So you just need like one cup. Me personally, my Keurig is in the bathroom. Cause like when I get up in the morning, just get a cup Ew. start while you turn the shower. Ew. Perfect. It's great. Love it. Love it. Put this it is the worst. First off, Keurig stink. What? I do not, I do not like, like Keurig, I don't like Keurig coffee. They stink. They, it, tastes always like they burn oh. like it's burnt coffee it's singed I, it doesn't feel like fresh brewed coffee so i'm not a big fan secondly we i don't want to waste all of tom's time but in sure. the bathroom are you nuts i thought like i just like because there's two things here's what i didn't like i don't like to get up and get my day started walk downstairs keurig wait for the keurig to make my coffee then go back upstairs and get my shower you know me i'm, I'm a man of efficiency so i like to wake up in the morning fire that keurig Get the shower turned on, hop in the shower, reach for the little is hand wild. Out, this play is the wild. podcast, grab my cup of coffee, cup of coffee in the shower, mark it up. In the shower, you're drinking your cup of coffee. Thousand percent. Yeah. It's just holy right there. shit. It's just, it's just right outside the shower. So I'll grab it and I'll like hit a little hit a little dose of coffee while I'm in that shower. This is wild. Cream and sugar or just black? Just black. He's he's black. <laughs> That's yeah. what I can do. All right. 
he's he's black with a splash of shower water. <laughs> I forgot. How, I forgot how bougie you are, Mr. Country Club, where you're just like, oh, like uh, the coffee tastes burns. Like it's just like not to die. It does. Life. I don't like it. I don't like it. So I, I have my number three is my coffee maker. Again, I this is gonna sound bougie. I have a Ninja coffee maker, which you know you mentioned. You know, worrying about the settings. They have settings for a travel mug, a regular mug. Okay. half a pot <laughs> you could do all of those things and so, they get fresh brewed delicious coffee awesome so condescending that's awesome you can do one go you can have them it's not that's true i have been ever since the cure came along i've been a little behind on the advancements that other coffee pot makers are actually exactly step coffee. up elevate yourself man i don't know but you know uh the counter space is going to be a problem in your bathroom <laughs> for this ninja uh right, tom whose side you on who won that uh, I, I'm going to have to go with M.A. on this one. Uh, for me, I've got an espresso, which Ooh. I feel like bridges the gap between those two things. We went with the fancy European brands. Oh, mm. man. All right. Mr. Starbucks, what's up? Yeah, I don't know if that bridges the gap. Before, like, just taking the next flight of stairs up into the attic. You're way up there with the espresso. Um, all right. <laughs> nice. Uh, number two. Uh, this is I can't live without this. Let me make sure I got it in the right order here. Yeah. I, give me the soda stream. I drink so much soda water. Oh. It, it saves it saves money on buying like all the cans of soda water. You always have soda water in the house. And the only way that you're gonna actually get me to drink like whatever number of ounces are recommended here, which is probably what your body weight in ounces or something ridiculous, like I gotta have it carbonated. So soda stream. It's a must. Nice. I like hey, it. Your son agrees, Tom. He's liking what he's hearing. <laughs> the young lad. He's 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 he could probably he could be on this pod. We got four guests on this pod. <laughs> Um, I like the soda stream. I did blow up my sister-in-law's soda stream because I didn't know how to use it. And I literally rocketed the thing across the room. Um, so just a tad too difficult for me. Oh yeah, exactly. Look, I I might be high society, but I don't know how to work appliances. That's how high society I am. Um, I'm going to go with number two and I'm glad no one has gone like the, the dumb route of being like, oh, my refrigerator. Of course, your refrigerator is an essential. Yeah, I know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put TV on there. Yeah, the TV on here. Okay, I'm glad no, we no, both no. get that. No, it's no, just no. like, no. let's not be some basic bitches here. Let's exactly. Really You're exactly right. I wanted to throw that out there just to like hamstring yeah. you, Don't just know. in case. But yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, my number two, dad of three. I need this. This is an essential use. Talk about the microwave, man. This thing, fuck, I get it humming all the time. Tom, you know, probably thawing out breast milk. You got to be careful or you go, yeah, baby. Microwave. Yep, this is a, this is a new experience for me, but uh, it's definitely something I'm learning rather quickly. I probably put it in there for a little too long a couple of times, but, uh, you know, you do what you got to do when you have a screaming baby in your yeah, hand. Yeah, man. You need sure, efficiency. You need yeah. that nuclear energy coming through. I feel a little teamed up on them. I'm, I'm getting like a lot of like strong dad energy and just kind of throwing this in my oh, face. Yeah. Like I didn't want to talk shit on the microwave. Well, hold on uh, a second. Hold on a second. I haven't made my, my, uh, my decision yet. And just to keep this interesting, because I feel like maybe, uh, MA was, uh, was playing to the crowd on this a little bit. Of course. You gotta use whatever <laughs> advantage you can. Yeah, uh, because of that, I do like the Soda Stream. I like the fact that you are so uh, that you're so loyal to it. So I'm going to say that this is a split because I want to hear number three okay. or number one, I should say, 
and make the ultimate decision there. All right, fair enough. We split it up. All right. Um, I just note about a microwave. Like, I just, I don't like. I'd rather take the time to like recook something in like the oven or something. Like microwaves, way too many meals cooked for me as a kid with a microwave, and it kind of makes things taste a little fucked up. I just wanted to get on <laughs> right. This is true. The the they often have said the microwave is the Keurig of the cooking. <laughs> no, there's no microwave in my bathroom for sure. Like never. No. Yeah. Um, all right. Number one spot. This has been my number one. I thought that it would phase out in college. Like I have moved with it. Oh, I know what this is. You know, you I, said I know what this is. I'm not gonna guess it because you, you already started in. You've taken your hand. You know, I don't own a lot of shit. Like I'm a minimalist, but this is one thing. I always have like trying to eat healthy. You can throw a frozen chicken breast from the freezer on it, get into the shower, have a cup of coffee in the shower, come back downstairs. It's cooked, ready to go. Cooks everything perfectly. Doesn't overcook. I'm talking about that as seen on TV, George Foreman grill. Hilarious. Do you keep this in the garage or <laughs> the, the foyer? Where do you keep this? <laughs> this is kitchen counter, baby. Kitchen, kitchen counter. counter. Okay. All right. Yeah, but Just... it's like I put steak on it, cook chicken breast. Like you can oh uh, throw, throw my turkey bacon on it. Like it is all like it is a must have. I absolutely love it. I I love it. Um, I knew once you started to say once you oh, said you're since got yeah. I was like, this yep. is great. I forgot you're a well, big fan. I, thought, I honestly like as I was making my list, I was just like, oh, like what's been? I, I was just like, man, I've been using a George Foreman grill for like like eighteen years. Like it's just been in the orbit. Like and it's like it's all. Is it the like, same one? It's a <laughs> no, no. Okay, how many how many Foreman grills have you gone through? <laughs> Had like six because i mean i also like i also because one time i got the super big one but then i found that totally inconvenient just because it doesn't even take up that much room because i'm not cooking for that many people that often right. so like I, there's always this one go-to size that like i had to have and i could, like i remember like you know i like had a girlfriend for like two years and we would cook together a lot like i bought a george foreman grill for her house so i wouldn't have to go like back and forth to like keep bringing the foreman or just being like, Oh, where's the foreman? Like I'm ready to cook, like have the foreman in there. It's like, it's, it's just stood the test of time, just what it does. And it's convenience. Unbelievable. Well, um, mine does not come with a drip tray. Uh, mine does have a tray for crumbs. I'm talking about the convection oven, not your regular oven, but uh-huh. the one that you can do. It's like a toaster, but you can put stuff in there uh again for kids meals like we take leftover leftovers home a lot and it's easier than firing up the oven it doesn't take any time it's just a dial you can set the temperature turn it i toast their their ego waffles in there all the time i just reheated their fries from dinner two nights ago beautiful perfect give me the convection oven we've actually had is this a toaster oven is it the same thing it is but you don't drop Actually, it in the slots. Cooler. You put it in there like an oven. You've got different settings, like my yeah. coffee pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would have been awesome. It's the same machine. Uh, all right, convection oven. Uh, hey, no, on a side note, real fast, we'll do constellation. Then we'll let yeah. Tom uh, judge. These should not weigh in on your decision, Tom. But you chew on it while we throw out a couple that almost made the list. Where? Shoot. Where, where the fuck did air fryers come from? It was like avocado toast, like never heard of it. And then yeah. like two years ago, it's on the scene. It's on everyone's counter when you go over the house, like it came from no. Did we discover a new technology? Is that what happened? We, yeah, we have an air fryer, but we only yeah. use it to cook bag fries for the kids. I never, ever use it. We have it. Our mother, it my mom. Wedding my, gift? Was it that long No, ago? my mother-in-law just decided that we wanted it for a gift one day and sent it to us. Then she sent a different version 
this is crazy. She sent a different version to my sister-in-law and then she wanted us to basically product test so she could figure out which one she wanted that's to buy, awesome. which is wild. That's awesome. That's perfect. Uh, anything on your constellation bracket? Yes. Um, I, I, I didn't want to put it on there, but having the garage fridge slash beer fridge is fucking phenomenal. That's it's perfect. Uh, keep all your drinks in there. Keep all your stuff in there. Um, and I also had uh, the um, the wine opener. I'm not, I was never a big fan of the electric wine opener, but now getting it, it's like, yeah, this is the shit. I love this oh, thing. Oh, you're through that Kung Fu girl yeah. wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's a twist off cap, baby. <laughs> I figured it was. Um, all right, Tom, one more thing before you leave the pod. You have to tell us who won this Neapolitan showdown. Well, uh, I'm going to have to go with M.A. on this one. Uh, and I'll give you the reason Action why. Oven Snoresville. All right. <laughs> uh, so we had to replace our, our oven uh, middle, middle of COVID. And one of the things I was looking for was the ability to do some air frying, trying to be a little bit healthier. Sure. Turns out that the convection oven is basically an air fryer. That's, it's the same function. It's just a smaller separate uh, appliance. So killing two birds with one stone I went with a, an oven that offered me an option to function as a convection oven. Hell yeah. So that's near and dear to my heart. And the second part of this, sorry, Brandana, George Foreman grill for a freaking steak. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Chicken I can see, but that is, that is absolutely brutal. I know. I mean, it's like, I just, I, I don't like to pan fry them a lot. I knew, I knew once I said steak, I'm just like, man, you are playing with fire. You are, you're way too far yes. out. Yes. Yes. I didn't, I didn't, I, oh, as a man, man who is, Tom is a, a, a meat enthusiast. Yeah. Like it drove a I stake am. through his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Literally and figuratively. Literally. Thanks for hopping on, man. Um, good to see you. Thanks for making the time. We appreciate you coming on. And then um, good luck to those Clippers making a run. And if they get in there in that championship, maybe we'll try to find another half an hour to get you on. Uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, this was an absolute blast. And I hope that we're in a situation where, that's even an option. Absolutely. Talk soon. Great talk about it. All right. See you guys. Guys, this has been MAB Sports Podcast, episode 171. Uh, yeah, come on. Great time. My MVP, I know I sent you one earlier. I did change it. I went with John Ram. Did you hear about this guy? Who's John Ram? Uh, he was the golfer that I uh, tested positive for COVID Memorial Tournament. He had uh, – he had a six-shot lead with 18 holes to go, and then like one of his tests came back positive, so he had to uh, get a withdrawal from the tournament. Oh and, shit! Uh, I didn't hear this. No, that stinks. Yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah. We, when people are up in arms, I mean, you know, everyone's trying to figure this shit out. So I'm less talking about you know like how they handle and everything. I mean, they just went by the book, and you got to do it. But it's just kind of his attitude towards it. Like he came out with a statement. He was just like, you know, uh, paraphrasing here, but he's just like, you know, like uh, challenging times gives us you know chances to be like our best or like with setbacks he's just like looking forward to watching everybody compete tomorrow so he just oh. like you know like I, th I think there's two ways you can go like you can either like you know bitch and bitch and bitch about things you can't change or just kind of like move on about things you can't change and uh so class act and hopefully i mean that sucks and you know it's talking about like it's obviously like a money hit you know just kind of like getting where you're ranked in the world and everything but yeah so uh just a bummer but just want to give him a shout out and um we do I can keep it classy. Yeah. Tip of the map to Mr. Ham there. Um, I'm going to go my MVP, uh, Tennessee Titans scoring Julio Jones today, okay. you know, a second and a fourth and then uh, getting back Julio and then a sixth uh, in 2023 feels like, uh, you know, 
not a lot to give up for for somebody that could potentially be that deep ball threat for you really open up your offense so uh i like it i like it when teams get you know aggressive and try and figure it out and you know don't uh don't cancel you know or don't don't try and or try and extend their window their championship window yeah yeah that's good and um yeah they'll, they'll be fun to watch who broke that news shannon sharp shannon sharp just Shannon Sharp did not break that news, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Neither did Skip Bayless. They're not breaking any more news anytime soon. I can't believe nothing happened to that. Okay, um, guys, thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Come back. Listen to us next week. I am Brandon. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Oh, folks, we forgot the coveted Mab mixer for all your pod needs. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.